Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hello, hello. I'm Olivia Allen Price, and this is Bay Curious, the show that answers listener questions about the Bay Area. When I first moved to San Francisco nearly a decade ago, I was struck, as many newcomers are, by the steepness and sheer number of hills that make up our region. Getting around town on foot or bike takes a little getting used to. I had one particularly brutal bike ride getting from the Embarcadero down at sea level up to Coit Tower to check out the view. As the crow flies, it's a quarter-mile journey, but by bike, a 20-minute sufferfest winding around city streets and up, up, up the top of the hill. When I finally got to the top, drenched in sweat from my journey, what did I find? A convenient staircase that connected where I was now to where I had come from. Well, shoot. These are the Filbert Street Steps. And of the many staircases in the city, these are noteworthy. I first came here on a date. Um, It didn't work out with that person, but that's okay. This is Eric Johnson, our question asker this week. Despite that initial flop, he returned. Because never mind Quit Tower, these steps are a really good date spot. They're lined with well-tended homes and gardens came back here pretty recently with my fiance uh, and because we we're trying to be like local tourists. We're trying to explore some areas of San Francisco. We came here, we hiked up to the top, and we were just wondering out loud, what is it like to live here? Eric didn't just wonder his question out loud. He sent it to us. I want to know about the Filbert Steps. I want to know about what are the rules about living here because they're always so well decorated, either with flowers or with lights at Christmas. So I just want to know what it's like to to live here in this neighborhood. You all voted for Eric's question in our public voting round at baycurious.org. Today on the show, we're climbing the Filbert Street steps to get a glimpse into what it's really like living here. Along the way, we'll get into the fascinating history of this community, including the battle that landed this place in primetime news. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because 
This is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. There are more than 900 public stairways in San Francisco and countless more in places like Sausalito and Berkeley. We live in a hilly area, after all. So the Filbert Street steps aren't exactly unique, but they are famous. Look in many San Francisco guidebooks and you'll see this atmospheric walk on Telegraph Hill. The flock of beautiful green parrots that live here, not to mention Coit Tower at the top, all make it incredibly charming. Eric truly felt like a tourist when he visited. We were here on a Saturday or Sunday, and there were a lot of people, a lot of languages being spoken, a lot of big families walking the steps. Bay Curious producer Katrina Schwartz met up with Eric at the base of the steps to make the climb up. Here we go. Let's do it. All right. Because I've actually never been up the steps, so I, I want to know what kind of exercise we're getting here. One, One two, three, four, five. Eric six, and I are headed seven, up to meet eight, with some folks nine. who live on these steps. We want the nitty-gritty details below the cutesy surface. 20, 21, 22. It looks a little less fancy than I thought it would. Yeah, I think it's only once you get up this next big flight of stairs we're looking at here, that's when it starts to look a little bit nicer. So we're at 23. Down where we are, the steps are made of concrete. They look pretty utilitarian, and there's even some graffiti on the cliff face. But I can see a tantalizing glimpse of green up ahead. We keep climbing. 495. Need a break? You yeah, good? let's take a break. Cool. <laughs> this is where it starts to look pretty. Yeah. Wow, and it looks good that way. Yeah, great view of the Bay Bridge. We're standing at the bottom of a set of wooden steps. Behind us is a sweeping view of the bay. Running up one side of the wooden staircase is a lush garden, carefully planted into the steep hillside. This is it, huh? Napier, huh. Lane. Napier Lane. Here we are. Okay. I think that was around 1.30, but maybe I lost count somewhere. <laughs> Napier Lane is one of the few streets that intersect the Filbert Steps. And it's more like a boardwalk than a street. The cute wooden cottages that line it are some of the oldest homes still standing in San Francisco. After the gold rush, the city's population grew rapidly, and many dock workers made this hill their home. They could easily see the semaphore at the top of the hill, signaling when ships arrived with cargo to unload. These homes even survived the 1906 earthquake and fire. The story goes that the Italians who lived in the neighborhood would make their own wine. When the fires started after the earthquake, they dipped burlap in the wine and covered their roofs, preventing flying embers from igniting the wooden shingles. Yeah, this is actually around the exact spot where my fiancé and I were wondering about this because there were, like, I think it was like roses all covering this, this trellis here, and it was gorgeous. It's a quaint spot. Because the cottages are built up on the hill, they don't really have yards. Instead, the owners have tried to make every inch of the hillside beautiful. We're meeting Larry Habiger and Paula McCabe at their cottage on Napier Lane. 
Are you Larry? So you interviewed my cat first, huh? <laughs> we did. Did you see us? <laughs> we were poking down to see if you had a back way into your house so you didn't always have to take the steps. <laughs> uh, yeah. The answer is no. <laughs> so if you thought there was a back alleyway behind these houses where folks like Larry could park their cars, I'm here to confirm there is not. People who live here really do have to walk up and down these steps for everything. That's 130 steps or so to the car, for groceries, to the corner store. Well, so we had some questions about what it's like to live here now because it is so beautiful. Um, Are there things that the neighbors are sort of expected to do to keep it up, to make it a nice place to visit? No, you don't have to do anything, only if you want to. Yeah, there's nothing, no expectations other than taking out your garbage and your trash like everybody else in the city. So no owners, homeowners association rules or anything like that. But Eric's got some more specific questions. I mean, the first time I came here was around Christmas time, and I remember we walked all the way up to Coit Tower, and there were lights everywhere. Is that just that wasn't a requirement of the neighborhood or the foundation or anything? That was just people just decorating on their own. That was our next door neighbors, Mark and Molly, and they just decided to do that. They put you know all the way from the bottom of the, the bottom of the stairway. Larry says the neighbors provided electrical hookups for the lights, but that's about it. What about uh, if you're getting a pizza delivered? Do you have them come all the way up the steps to your door? And if so, how, how many digits is the tip that you give them? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're really big tippers. So. <laughs> and before you ask, the U.S. Postal Service delivers mail to their door, like everyone else in the city. Larry and Paula have lived here for decades, and to them, the stairs are more blessing than hassle. Sure, moving in was a pain, but that only happened once. Most of the time, it's quiet, beautiful, and good cardio. You try not to forget things, because when you do, you pay a price. One of the things that makes the Filbert Steps so magical is the carefully tended public garden that tumbles down the steep hillside next to the fabled wooden steps. It's hard to estimate the size on terrain this steep, but it's around 50 vertical feet over three city lots. And it's got a small wooden fence with a gate separating it from the stairs. We could do a loop around here. This pathway is very uh, unstable. It's steep and lush, not the type of park that has benches or a grassy area. Instead, it's a wild-looking hillside with small paths running through it. This is the main area of the garden up here. A ground cover called Baby's Tears covers the shady spots, and huge fuchsia plants dot the hillside. There are enough rose bushes to convince me that spring is the time to visit. Yeah, so you you can see all, there's a lot of roses down there. This garden isn't just beautiful. In a way, it's what made the Filbert Steps famous in the first place, and protecting it has become one of Larry's life works. It's the legacy of a local woman named Grace Marchant, who passed away in the 80s. Larry was her neighbor. But yeah, Grace, you know, when I knew her the last five years of her life, she was just a really charming, wonderful person. She was also really feisty. And a bit of a character. As a young woman, she moved from South Dakota to Long Beach to work in the film industry. That's when she changed her last name from Merchant to Marchant. She worked as a, a stunt woman in early silent films. Her daughter, Valletta, was a dancer with uh, RKO, I think it was called. Grace and Valletta were sort of a tag team. They would go together wherever they went. Grace and Valletta moved to San Francisco in 1935 and eventually settled on the Filbert Steps. During World War II, they worked building Liberty ships in Sausalito. 
Back then, people used to dump their trash, everything from tires to old furniture, on the hillside next to the steps. Where we're standing now in the middle of the garden was a junkyard. Grace hated that, so she decided to do something about it. The way it began was she got these little baby tears and she was just beautifying right outside her door. Then she started hauling the debris off the hill because she thought, okay, I beautify it right outside my door. Why don't I do the cliffside out here? So she turned the junkyard into a fabulous rose garden. The garden is one of the things that drew Larry to the steps back in the 1970s. He was out for a walk with his best friend. Saw this stairway going up the side of the hill and thought, gee, wonder what's up there. And of course, we walk up the, up the cliff and we come to this enchanting garden with butterflies and hummingbirds and roses everywhere and, I just, and a boardwalk and cottages. And, a, and I just sat on the spot, I, I, I got to live here. About a year later, one of Larry's roommates was walking on the steps and saw a sign on the very house Larry had picked out for himself. It said, Roommate Wanted. Larry's friend called the number and said, You can't give up your roommate spot until you talk to my friend. He wants to live in his house. So the guy decided to wait till I got back, called him, we got together. He said, yeah, let's do it. Larry's new roommate, Gary Cray, helped Grace with the gardening. And as she got older, he gradually took over her responsibilities. Grace died in 1982 at the age of 96. Some years later, Gary and Larry bought the building Grace lived in, and Larry has lived there ever since. This is a tight-knit community with a lot of pride in what Grace built. So when another neighbor claimed the garden stretched into his property and he intended to take it back, it ruffled some feathers. Right about then is when the trouble began. A property owner here wanted to build a large house in here, take over a big portion of the garden, more or less turn the place into his private garden. Larry and Gary were adamantly opposed to the idea of destroying Grace's garden. To them, it was her legacy, her gift to the neighborhood. They decided to fight the plan. Gary and I got the neighborhood involved. They also got the Trust for Public Land involved, the Board of Supervisors, the press, and the Telegraph Hill Dwellers, a neighborhood association that had a record of fighting other development projects. They started raising money to buy the land where the garden sits. We sold you know, figurative square inches of the garden for $10. And you know, we thought we'd raise a couple hundred bucks. Over 4,000 individual people contributed from all over the city and beyond. $10 checks, $20 checks. And um, yeah, it was extraordinary. Saving the garden became a rallying call throughout the city. It coincided with a push to make Telegraph Hill a historic district a process that slowed the city's decision on the development plan. Eventually, the neighbor got tired of fighting and agreed to a deal. The Friends of the Garden nonprofit that Larry and Gary created would buy the property from him and put conservation easements on the garden, then resell the cottage at a lower price. You know, the only way to stop it was to buy him out. The Friends of the Garden nonprofit ultimately raised more than $200,000 from individuals and foundations. They saved the garden and named it after Grace. But all the publicity they got came with a price. It made the steps famous. After that campaign, it was, it was all over the press. It was on CNN, and that made it famous, and then it got in all the guidebooks. Despite its fame, Larry says day-to-day -day life on the Filbert Steps is still pretty quiet. Tourists come on weekends, but 
not like it's Venice and you're overrun with cruise tourists. I mean, you know, it's not that big a deal, really. There have been a few instances of nosy tourists walking around the back of houses or poking their noses through the windows. But Larry says most people are respectful. Paula McCabe, Larry's wife, has taken over caring for the garden since Gary, Larry's longtime friend and former roommate, died in 2012. Paula volunteers all her time, using donations to the Save the Garden nonprofit for supplies. She had a quick answer when Eric and I asked about the best part of living on the steps. I think it's the community here. It's just so pleasant. It's so relaxed. And everybody knows each other. And for the most part, we have a lot of neighbors who've been here for a long, long time. It's just a, a different environment. You walk down a wooden stairway, you walk along a wooden boardwalk, and then you're home. I mean, that's really kind of 19th century living in a modern age. And the worst part of living on the steps? The worst part is contemplating getting to an age where the steps are too much for you. Eric and I waved to Larry and Paula as they headed back into their Napier Lane cottage. We paused for a moment longer to enjoy one last quiet moment in Grace's garden. So what'd you think? Oh, that was great. That was, that was so fascinating. It was different than what I expected. I was expecting there to be a lot of like HOA style, like really onerous rules, but it really seems like, no, that's, uh, my, my expectations were totally wrong, that it's just a couple of the folks who volunteer their time and everyone else just sort of lives their lives. It made me wonder what each of our neighborhoods could look like with one dedicated neighbor, like a Grace Marchant, Gary Cray, or Paula McCabe. That story was brought to us by Bay Curious producer Katrina Schwartz. If you're interested in this part of the city, we've got an episode about the flock of parrots often seen in those parts. Check it out in our show notes. Thanks to our question asker this week, Eric Johnson, who, as it happens, has a podcast of his own called Follow Friday. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. Our show is produced by Katrina Schwartz, Brendan Willard, Sebastian Mignot-Buccelli, and me, Olivia Allen-Price. We'll see you next week. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.